broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Alright guys, and we're back here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Doing the doing the jump in from show to show. This is Nerd to Know here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, which is usually out on Friday at 5 uh, p.m. Where of course we cover all things nerd and pop culture. So uh, this is this is the show that is going at Wild Rock Comic Con. So uh, yeah, Bryn, a lot to get through this week again, uh, as yeah, always. Yeah. It's crazy. But the thing of it is, we have three reviews to get through today. Pretty much. Cool. I do have one very quick piece of news that came out hot off the presses. Shoot. Um, there has been a casting for Batwoman uh, for uh, by the CW for one of their shows. What? Who is it? Yeah, they cast uh, Ruby Rose, who uh, people might know from Orange is the New Black, and the Meg and John Wick Chapter 2. Yeah, so it's she's a badass, so it's gonna be go- she's going to be able to play that character pretty damn well. That's yeah. pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yeah. The CW has, like, I actually watched a good video series there mapping the rise and fall and then rise again of Arrow. Yeah. Uh, so apparently the last season of Arrow was really good. Uh, I need to get back into it. I kind of, the only real thing I watched on the CW, like, hardcore was the Constantine show. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed and he canceled it. But hey, he came back in Arrow, so that yeah, was kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. He kind of had a guest spots in uh, Arrow. He was also in... Um, they, uh, he was also part of an animated feature, Justice yeah. League Dark, and that was really awesome. Good. So that was really, really good. Not yeah. a swamp thing, but still really good. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really wish they'd just make a Justice League Dark movie, which they apparently were planning to do at some point. Uh, but I wish that that becomes a thing because I love Justice League Dark. It's actually my, I actually prefer that to Justice League. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, speaking of which, off the bat, I went to go see Teen Titans Go to the movies. Oh, yeah? Uh, today because I have time off. And you know, I'm like, oh, I'll go to cinema. So I went to cinema to go see it, and uh, it's fantastic. Oh, that's good. It's really good. Like, here's the thing: I'm not a fan of Teen Titans Go, like the cartoon. Like, I like Teen Titans, the the, the original yeah. series that yeah. came out, and I like obviously the comics. But so I went. To, I wasn't gonna go see this, but then I saw some reviews and everything, and it actually compared it to the Lego Movie, but with more DC in jokes and more comic book in jokes. And yeah, it is that. It's if you like Lego Movie, this is great. Um, it, it has a lot, and the more into the more into DC and comics you are, the more jokes you get. Like there's random Watchmen jokes in it, oh, which oh, nice. is fantastic. Oh, um, like yeah, some of it is a little bit bit distasteful if you're if you're stuck to the original Teen Titans animation style because it is in that Teen Titans Go style. But once you get over that, it's actually well, it never really affected me at all the whole time. But um, there is a little. Easter egg at the end that kind of ties it all back together. If what I tell you is, if you have kids, take them. You'll have a great time. If you're an adult like me and Bryn, you'll also enjoy it. Bryn, I know you'll love it. That's why I spoke for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's definitely worth your time. Uh, it, you know, to be fair, it's it's all, they're only shown at very limited times because they are kind of they have they, this movie has kind of been written off as a kids movie and sh- really shouldn't be. The plot is very kid friendly, but there's so much there that you'd actually really enjoy it. Like I didn't think I'd see a, a, what, many Watchmen jokes. Mm. in a kid's movie. But it, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, it, from what you're saying, it kind of, it, it sounds a little bit like uh, Gravity Gravity Falls, which in my opinion is yes. like, yes. one of the best family shows that ever came, that has ever been made. Because like, yeah, it is very much for, for uh, kids. But I mean, if you're an adult, there's so much there to enjoy. Like, you know, there, because there is like like just enough there for adults to kind of go, oh yeah, this is fun. I like this. You know, well, and actually enjoy it legitimately. Well, actually, the yeah. IMD review of it at the moment is eighty nine percent. That's good. That's the good. IMD the IMD review for Avengers: Infinity War is eighty seven percent. Ooh, and you know what? And you know what? That's not unjustified. That's the crazy thing about it. It is actually that good. Yeah. 
like, I, I was not my 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 uh, my base was very low. But then when I was watching, I'm actually this is really good. It gets all the characters, it hits all the beats. Um, the cameos alone are fantastic. Nicholas Cage plays Superman. That's yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice reference in of itself. In of itself, it's so good. So yeah, I, I straight off the bat, guys, if you're gonna, we're going to talk about three movies. This is the first one. All of them you should go see. Start with this one because it's on earlier. Let's yeah. move on to the one you're on to assignment, uh, Bryn, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was so much fun. It's, I mean, so it basically uh, picks up right where we left off in terms of what we knew from, um, from Avengers Infinity War, where we know he's under house arrest. So that's kind of like where the story picks up from. From there, it's just the general hijinks about him getting his suit back, him get it, him getting back in touch with um, uh, Michael Douglas and with um, I can't think of the girl who played uh, who plays Wasp, but it gets back in uh, back in touch with them. Hope, hope, yeah, yeah. And they um, and they're off to try and rescue uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays Michael Douglas's wife, who, yes. as everyone knows, as you should remember fell uh, into the quantum realm and never to be seen nor heard from again and yeah it's the story is really is, really to, is told really really well um the child actor who plays um uh, who plays at uh, the daughter for um uh, for scott is so so adorable yet again it's awesome yes like it yeah, again, it's just it's a film that's brilliant. And like, have you seen it yet? Or oh yeah, you know, I yeah. went, I saw it a week or so ago. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I was a huge fan of the first one, uh, despite the fact of you know it not being like a right movie. But it's it's one of the movies that got that has gone under the radar. Like for a lot of people, like I know people who are big into the Marvel movies that haven't seen it. This didn't do super well in the box office either because I think people just write it off. They shouldn't though because this movie is super important to Infinity War. Like, of all the Marvel movies you can skip, you can really skip Black Panther because nothing really happens in that that affects Infinity War. Yeah, this, except Black Panther is a better film. It, oh, no, like, it is. A, no, it, no, no, it is a better film. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's a very enjoyable film. Amanda Wasto, however, is a lot of setup. You know what this is? This is like when you're reading through issues, uh, yeah. you know, of an, of an event, and like, particularly with Crisis. Crisis is my favorite comic series of all time, Crisis and Infinite Earths. If you're reading through that, they have this, the the twelve books, but then there's loads of setup around other books, and this is what this feels like. The same with um, Black Panther. Black Panther, I felt like a side issue where something romantic had nothing got to do with Infinity Wars or the Avengers really at all. This is the opposite. It's a much smaller, self-contained spy movie, but everything that it does, everything that it sets up, is going to be super important. Like the fact that they're going into the quantum realm, that alone. Um, well, it's. I mean, to get into the spoiler territory. No, will we get into spoiler territory? Um, uh, okay, we will, guys. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go spoiler territory. If you don't want to know any more about this movie, turn off your radio and listen to the podcast. Bryn, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So, look in this, in like the main thing in the in terms of spoiler territory is that there is a post credit scene, and it basically it gives you kind of like uh, that that moment where you're gonna be foaming at your mouth. To, yes. see, to go i have to see infinity war 2 <laughs> yeah yeah you know pretty much a, a lot of the spin-off movies you don't know when they're set this gives yeah. you a very very clear indication of when this movie is set yeah and after it finished you know yeah. like when it finished you're like ah grand this is, i know exactly what's going on and then you're like oh my god i need to know what's going on here but yeah. where he is where he's set up and what the rumors are with infinity with, with a Infinity War 2, uh, Avengers 4. It's very clear it looks like what they're going to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want to get into some of the rumors, but um, yeah, there is... A, some interesting theories about what they're going to do. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I, 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 I've heard the entire script. I don't know how much of that I believe, but it does seem like a lot of this is going to involve using the quantum realm to mess with time in yeah. some way. And, yeah. and that seems to be what they're building up to. And that's why this movie is super important. Now, the next movie that's coming out on the Marvel docket will do even more setup, and that's Captain Marvel, yep. which is coming out in December or next yep. year. I December. December. I think it's December this year. Yep. A quick, a quick ninja Google there. 
And it's just like uh, the whole cast here are great. I loved. Uh, it was great seeing Michelle Pfeiffer again. It's, it's weird seeing the the the, age, the anti aging engine that they use. It's like wow, this is like watching Batman return. Batman returns again. It's spookily. Yeah. It's, it's spookily good, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I remember even seeing it with uh, the. Um, the first time I really appreciated the, how good the aging effects and makeup that they have was mm. in uh, Civil War with Tony yeah. Stark Tony and Stark, you know, yeah. flashback thing. And you're going like, oh my God, that is actually a younger version of Downey Jr. And then they did an even better job with Kurt Russell. In, yes, uh, in Guards of Galaxy 2. Like, it's like, whoa, it's Snake, Plis- it's Snake Plisson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, um, Mar- March 8th, 2019 yeah, is when we have to wait, which kind of sucked. Aquaman's coming out in December, so hey, that's yeah. that's something. That looks fun too, to be it does. honest. It does look I mean, fun. It looks fun. I mean, I can't... I I think that the... I, you, know, you know what? Like with DC films, they've been on an upswing since Wonder Woman. You know, I yeah. think Wonder Woman's probably been the best one they've made so far, but they're on an upswing in my opinion. You know, like yeah, like uh, I'll go see them. Uh, I I enjoyed them. Um, e- even even Suicide Squad, I enjoyed until I thought about it. Then I got upset. <laughs> yeah. um, I like Donna Justice actually quite a lot. I like I like Donna Justice. The director's cut way more. Um, mm. I, I think that movie was hacked to bits and should have ended. Yeah. Um, uh, after Donna it, Just- Donna Justice. I can't speak for the extended one, but the theatrical cut to me felt very bloated. It was. Like, it was very. Right. It was like the, whatever way they that editor should have been fired because he did a terrible job. Um, yeah. who, whoever I don't even know if it's the editor, man. I mean, like they nah, had man, they had like an hour of storyline that, that that did not need to be shown. <laughs> you know, no, it, it makes sense in the director's cut. You know, yeah. they really they really do kind of expand on it, and I think they were with with the DC movies, they left themselves between a rock and a hard place. I, I respect them for doing what they were doing because it was kind of a silly move to kind of just go hardcore for it. But they did it, you know. They said, right, we'll just go for the team movie and then just, you know, pick up everyone else. Now, the, the way to do it, there was a way to do it and a way not to do it and the way they chose to do it by, you know, Wonder Woman opening up an email with loads of attachments, that was silly. <laughs> that was if ridiculous. They'd done that as a web series and it would have built more hype. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could have they, they could have done a whole viral marketing thing, or they could have just had the Justice League being the Justice League, you know, in Resmea, you know, where it's just like, okay, they've been the Justice League for. You know what they should have done? Tower of Babel. That's what they should have done. They should have just done the Tower of Babel storyline, where they just the Justice League have been around for like three or four years, and then they do the entire uh, Tower of Babel storyline. It's weird because when you watch the DC animated movies, like done by. Paul Dini, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. except, for the, except for the Killing Joke, which has its own problems. All the rest of them are actually fantastic movies, which would be great going to big screen. But look, that ship yeah. has sailed, and I hope they do kind of turn it around because they need mm. to, or else See, stop making these I movies. Think, I think it's kind of difficult to compare the live-action ones to the animated ones. I don't think so, live, man. But I don't think so. The live-action ones are like are clearly invested towards being shown to a broader audience. The ones that are made for animated audience are made for a very knowing audience. <laughs> yeah, it's, but here's the thing, you know, if you're if you're watching if you're watching Justice League Dark, like mm-hmm. the, the the cartoon series, you're going to enjoy that. You know, even if even if you're not a huge even if you're not a huge fan. Yeah. Um, because it is a very interesting story. Yeah, I, but I think it's more like it's it's a lot harder like there's there's not really anyone in justice league dark that you'd be able to go oh yeah we can build a trilogy around this guy out of that one Con- film constantine dead not, man not, not from that film sorry you have you have one you have one movie of constantine you have another movie of you know dead man you do the crossover then in justice league dark where they meet the justice league and that way you can kind of expand rather than just here's a big data dump of everything you need to know. Yeah. Because I think the, the, pro- the, the problem with the DC movies is instead of them being a, a show don't tell, they're a tell don't show. Oh yeah. That's, that's the biggest problem. They're just like exposition dumps the entire way through, but that's kind yeah. of what I was saying. Like with, um, you know, and it's kind of like, but then you see something, it's interesting. Cause like then you compare it to the other, to the last film I've seen, uh, that I was going to talk about was the Incredibles, with yes. Incredibles too. Where like yes. the Incredibles, <laughs> like they get through. Like I'm always amazed by how much information Pixar are able to just provide someone going, I know enough. 
in as yeah. little in as little time as possible. It's amazing. Like it's it's something that definitely should be like part of any film school. It's just watching how well Pixar do it. Because in my opinion, they get necessary information across audiences faster than anyone else does, and it's so, like consistently as a single studio. It's phenomenal. Um, and I then, heard a lot of I, the weird thing about it on on Incredibles. I heard a lot of really bad things about the Incredibles. Then I watched it. I'm like, what movie are you watching? Yeah, I, the, I do. I, I don't get the negative backlash yeah. to it. And it has 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it deserves every single piece of that. But yeah. it wasn't derivative. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think the. I wouldn't say it's derivative, but I would say that like it, it had it was using like. The whole hypnosis angle is something that has been done and done better in the yeah. past. Yeah, I wouldn't look, say, it's, it's, like I, I wouldn't say it's like one to one derivative, but it's uh, yeah, like I wouldn't say that it's all like it is and it isn't is kind of like how I would uh, talk about it. I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen like the hypnosis angle done where the villain came so close to winning. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Here. The big problem, the biggest problem I had with that though, was that like across, I would say across the first film and the first two acts of this film, of uh, Incredibles 2, at no point do they make you feel like uh, Violet or, oh, what's the boy's name? Dash. Uh, Dash. They never make you feel like Violet or Dash are dumb people. No. So it makes it really infuriating when they go, they put the glasses on Frozone and now he's out to, he's trying to kill us. If we take the glasses off everyone, we will be able to solve this problem really easily. And they just don't do that. And it comes up to Jack-Jack having, like, having to have an emotional moment that they could have reached in other ways and not made Dash and Violet seem dumb. Actually, what I will have to say you know, is, n- not to spoil Teen Titans Go to the movies for you, very similar plot, now that I think about it. <laughs> very, very similar. Done in different ways. Yeah. Arguably, uh, the stakes are funnier in Teen Titans Go to the movies yeah. than Incredibles. But look, go see both. Yeah. Very, very good movies. Uh, the Incredibles 2 gets two thumbs up. Every single movie that we talked about today, um, do go see, because they're just... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. It's, the movies have just been really good lately. Yeah, but I mean, like, when it comes to Incredibles, like, that's literally the only complaint I had about it was like mm-hmm. that one bit, and the rest of it's good. Like, yeah, this, that's true. You know, it's a it's a blemish on a good film. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it, um, outside of that, you know, I mean, like it, it's still a really good film. Like, I mean, even comparing it to like, I mean, most films I've seen so far this year have been solid at the worst. Like. Mm. Ocean's Eight was all, and that was decent. Like I didn't see that; I missed it. I was I was annoyed I missed it, but sure, it's decent. I mean, like, I mean, on the plus side, it's it's as good as the George Clooney one. I haven't seen the the original from the fifties, but Mm. it's as good as that one. It's you know, like it. It shares a blemish in that it has a character who can't do an accent doing an doing an accent. Like uh, like in the for those who don't remember. In the Clooney one, you had Don Cheadle doing one of the worst English accents, one of the worst London accents ever committed to film. Out of this, you have um, Helena Bonham Carter doing uh, one of the worst Irish accents ever put to film. Oh, geez. I need to see this and, solely yeah. for that. But it's like with, with Bonham Carter, with both of them, actually, it's just the case of like you expect more out of them, you know? Because like mm. they're good actors in Bonham Carter's case she's a great actor yeah more, and she's English so she she's so close to Ireland that she should be able to do it this, you almost feel there's no excuse for it mm. you know Expect, but look you know, but look man it is one of things you know where Irish we, accents are hard yeah they know? are hard yeah, I mean, an Irish man who doesn't have one <laughs> true actually most people think you're American which is pretty yeah. funny yeah. <laughs> even Americans think I'm American so yeah. You know, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just on a tangent here before we get into uh, DCC and uh, at start um, re- uh, previewing that, I've been playing a phenomenal. Video- I've played a few video games lately. Actually, one is Jurassic Park Evolutions, which is yeah. sorry, Jurassic World Evolutions, which is really good. If you guys like Team Park and dinosaurs, play that game. It's super fun. Um, and another game actually, which I only discovered thanks to Outside Xbox and um, Outside Extra, Guilty Gear. That whole series, man. I didn't know it was the thing. Mm. Did oh. you know it was a thing? Yeah, I, so I didn't. It was a thing. I just didn't. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I didn't play it. I didn't play it. I just knew it was a thing. 
it's really good. Yeah. It's uh, probably the best fighting game series I've ever played. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's spectacular. Now it's been going on for years, right? The most recent one, I, all the way about the Xbox, the PSP, all kinds of stuff, and they're all good. However, the most recent one, Guilty Gear X or D Revelator, the names are crazy. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. It came over to PS4 and you get it for 20 quid. It is single-handedly the best fighting game of the past 15 years. That's a bold statement. No, it's a true statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a true statement. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying it's a bold statement. There are some very good fighting games. There are, there are, but this thing kind of does it trips it all back to basic combo moves, uh brilliant story. Great art. Well, the weird, okay, for thing, the storyline is literally an anime. Like you're watching an anime for an hour and a half. That's kind of weird. But the arcade mode, the fighting, uh, all that kind of stuff, it's great. It's exactly what you expect a game like Street Fighter 4 to be or Tekken 6 to be, but better. Um, I, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, play it, pick it up. It's fantastic. Uh, Guilty Gear X or D Revelator. Also, shout out to Guilty Gear on Xbox 360 or on the PSP. Has one of the weirdest characters ever in a, in a, in a video game, uh, fighting game. It's uh, called Z- uh, Zampa, and his whole thing is he's possessed. So all his moves are based on the Exorcist, and one of his finishing moves is uh, he turns into, into Sudoku and shows his... Um, shows his his um full uh, the video from the ring and it consumes our soul it's it's great that's <laughs> yeah that's so great yeah look if you're that's looking so, for that's so bizarre i love it oh man it's it's great like it's as i said one, one of the best games i've played all year um and the whole series is just great you can go all the way back uh it, it's actually a gigantic series uh guilty gear 2 overture is the one that's on the 360 and uh yeah Definitely, if you haven't played them, you know, go out of your way to play them. Uh, big fans for Persona 4 and Blaze Blue as well. So, nice. two tomes way up. I, I've been playing them pretty much nonstop. Okay, let's get into business. So, this Friday, uh, we'll be attending the press panel for Dublin City Comic Con. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll find out. Uh, but we'll be playing clips of that next week. And also, uh, we'll be there on the Saturday. So you guys are there. Uh, we'll have all our press stuff and come over and say hey. So what I have to say is things are kicking off around 12 o'clock on Saturday and uh, 11 o'clock on the Sunday. John Romero is going to be there on Saturday. Um, personally, really looking forward to that. Dean Kane, Peter uh, Mackin, um, the whole thing with Boulder Animation. And uh, like the whole thing is there. Uh, big emphasis on cosplay as well this year. And then there's some really good uh, panels in panel two and three. Uh, Rogue Comics are showing up. That's pretty awesome. It's going to be a fan fiction of Stormtrooper showing as well, an evolution of horror. Uh, seriously, like, Bryn, I, this is going to be difficult to try and pick what's what's going on here on, on the panels it's yeah. uh, all the floors all five floors apparently as well i have a feeling that we'll have to just like kind of split up and do yeah. uh, and do, it's like it's brian rock here on the scene Tell me <laughs> Sorry, <Brian. laughs> yeah like it, it is it is pretty much uh sp- like huge the guests alone are great you know i don't know what guests we're going to be able to get for the show but uh we'll, we'll see what's going to happen you know carl orban is going to be our nick frost laura petty michael dorn Oh, man, just alone, that's a reason to go, to check it out. There's also a 2080 panel at 11 o'clock on Sunday, which I'm excited about. Love 2080. Uh, but yeah, and also as making gun... Christian should. Do what? As every good Christian should. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's shaping up to be one of their biggest years ever, really. Uh, I, I, as you said, when we had Olivia on the show, you know, I remember when Comic-Con was out in Swords, and no, it was like a room that nobody went to, and now, and now it's it's in the convention center. So just to kind of run, do a rundown here, right? So the ground floor is the trade hall, the interactive sets, and the cosplay zone. The fourth floor is the special guest artist, artist alley, panel rooms, portfolio reviews, photo booths, uh, a quiet room, and first aid. Second floor gaming. All kinds of gaming. So gaming, tabletop gaming, screening rooms, virtual reality, uh, an indie developer's room, and then uh, three to six domain auditorium. And they're going to have Lego and all that kind of fun stuff there as well. So, yeah. Clear the weekend, guys. <laughs> that's why that's why we're doing the show like this, because we're going to be absolutely incredible 
incredibly busy. And I'm probably going to spend a lot of time at the Gungan building trying to prove my, my skill there, man, to be it honest with you. It's going to be so hard to get you away from that to do some actual work. Yeah. So yeah. hard. So, <laughs> actually, actually, last night I went back in and I was like, I don't want to practice. So I actually stayed up all night making the Gungan. I just, you know, if you guys haven't done it, they're going to become huge when that movie comes out. Because there is there is talk now that after uh, Ready Player One and the success of Ready Player One, uh, there's going to be a Gungan movie coming out very soon. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, no. <laughs> Gigantor. God damn it. I want that. <laughs> Gigantor. Man, that's got, they have to set that up. That wasn't in Ready Player One. Yeah. Actually, what did you think of that movie? Um, I, I'm very mixed on it. You know, it just, I just, I kind of, like, it was everything I was afraid. It kind of reminded me of like um, when I saw the trailer for the Lego film. And thankfully Lego film didn't turn out, it didn't turn out like this, but I just felt like the Lego film was aggressively marketing towards me and my demographic going, you'll like this, you'll like it. And I kind of felt that this was doing the same thing. And yeah. this was exactly what I thought, was exactly what I thought that would do. But here's the thing, though, you know, I I enjoyed it, you know, yeah. for that reason. Like once you like the book is better, despite some of the problematic stuff that's in the book, yeah. the book is a much better read and, and an experience. But visually, you go in and you're just having a good time. Oh, yeah. But it's it, oh, I keep waiting for that, like for uh, that return to form for Spielberg. And I mm. can't quite get it. Uh, well, he only he only did one day on set. Like just, yeah. the rest was in the computer. But you know, like he because like they were kind of going like, oh, this is the return to form for Spielberg, and you're like, oh, it was it, be. For, it, it, it was for the five no. minutes that he directed. Yeah, it's like the continuation of form, if anything, for for Spielberg, where it's just this slow descent into being a very mediocre filmmaker. All right, guys. So just kind of insert this here. Uh, we just got back from the press panel. On Friday before Comic Con with Laurie Petty and Lachlan Morrow, so uh, you know this, that's going to close out the the end of the show here. But next week, guys, uh, we have we're going to be covering a lot of Comic Con. It's going to be all Comic Con related stuff. So thank you very much for everyone who um, came up to us at Comic Con, everyone who talked to us at Comic Con, and uh, yeah, thank you for subscribing to the podcast here on Nerd to Know. So enjoy the press panel with Laurie Petty. And lock and Can I ask both of you? Um, I know you, Laurie, you were doing an interview just before this. Yes. Um, may I ask, what is the one role do you think that you are most associated with when people stop you on the street? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I've been doing this, you know, since Jesus was a baby. So, you know, I have, I have to guess when I see somebody's face, I go, hmm. Point break. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Dudes, dudes are mostly point break. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mostly, but also in League of Their Own. Because yeah. it's really like a top three baseball movie of all time, men or women. And then then there's like the moms who hate my guts because of Free Willy because I have to watch it 900 times. <laughs> They're like, Ugh. So, um, but yeah, there's just so many. And then the young people, but all ages, but if you're a teenager, oh, it's boring. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, yeah, exactly. And then Tank Girl's huge in here because huge in here see how tired i am huge here because uh you know she's she's uh, australian and her creators are british mm-hmm. so it's kind of a over here thing so yeah it's been every i don't never i never know Lachlan, and then you? the guy on twitter today is like didn't you bring any pictures of you and freddie's nightmare i'm like they didn't have pictures back then dude. like I'm sorry. I only have 750 pictures. I just, I said, if you print one out, I'll sign it. Sure. If you can find one, and then he tweets me back. I couldn't find any. I'm like, well, then how do you think I'm gonna find one? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I'm just magic. Well, I am magic, probably, but I can't uh, just pull that shit you out. Probably of Probably have a Polaroid at home. <laughs> well, you know, I actually I had a big fire and I oh, really yeah. You had all your yeah. oh crazy yeah. yeah. I had affected by the I had, no 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 I had just a regular fire but oh. it was uh, I didn't set it but um, <laughs> it's like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fire like when all your stuff is oh, burned no. up yeah that was terrible Jesus. yeah but it, everything's cool like I didn't burn up so that's good that's good Lachlan I mean I would I could say like Riverdale or I could say like you know scary movie or I could yeah. say. I mean, what would be the one that you're kind of people stop you on the street and go, hey, it's, uh, you know, I find in Europe, um, in general, people really, uh, uh, probably white chicks and silly films like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, is that right? In the army now. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's funny because Lori and I have, well, Lori and I have kind of like two sort of six degrees of separation. And the oh, first nice. being is that I did the movie Freddy versus Jason. Oh. And then my second uh, six degrees is that uh, Rachel Talele directed a couple episodes of Riverdale. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, so that's kind of interesting because Lori and I have actually never met each other. But, I mean, you always know people that you But know. all celebrities know each other. You didn't know that? What's that? All celebrities know each yeah, other. That's right. You yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, people say like, so Lori, you know, how's Paris Jackson? I'm yeah. like, she's great. <laughs> Don't even question it. Like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, she's. Awesome. Awesome. I hear she's doing well. She drills at dinner, but. <laughs> um, but so yeah, well, you know, obviously right now because of Riverdale being really popular amongst. Uh, the sort of demo of 30 to, or sorry, 15 to sort of, I guess really right up to 50, it's crazy, yeah. you know, just because of the Archie comic, uh, I, iconic uh, comic book. Um, you know, the Wayans family's movies that I've done, Scary Movie, White Chicks, Little Man, I mean, yeah. they're, they're really worldwide popular. Yeah. You know? I mean, they, you know, they're not Oscar winning movies, they're just, they're sitting in your seat and sort of uh, have a laugh and yeah. some popcorn type of films and, and people around the world all sort of seem to enjoy that type of movie and they're a really fun family to work with. Yeah. Um, Do you know that, did you, have you turned on your television in your room yet? Uh, well, it took, uh, we had to get a... <laughs> help, yeah. yeah, I need help. I, need, I, I was can't like, turn so my shower like, okay, on. Okay, so you turn it on, you hit a number real fast, right? Is I don't know. Oh my God. I just know that the only thing I could get was my wife and kids, and it's never not on. <laughs> it's always on gotcha. television. Yeah. So tell Damon to get his check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you both like staying at the same hotel, isn't it? Yeah. We ain't going to tell you where either. Oh, no, I wasn't going to ask. Stop asking. <laughs> I don't know if we're at the same hotel. Oh. Yeah. Is it walking distance? Yeah. Does it have balconies? <laughs> is it across the river? No. Okay, so we're not. Um, <laughs> see, but the thing is that I always travel with my, like, my kids are 11. I was going to say you have kids. So yeah. I travel with my family and sometimes what happens is I, uh, I, end, I sometimes end up not staying at the same hotel as the rest of the, right. the convention for the sure. fact that I, if they don't have a room that's right. big enough for my, on my entourage, you know. <laughs> So, you know your manager and your agent. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. My 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 eleven year old son's my manager. My fifteen year old daughter's my agent. She my, should be your accountant. The fifteen year old. Yeah, she should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, money, spice it. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's in charge of it. Um, how has the? I guess I suppose one one thing I wanted to ask both of you was, um, in terms of, you know, the roles that you're playing at the moment. I mean. Laurie, you're in Orange is the New Black, and Lachlan, you're in uh, uh, Riverdale. I mean, I think both of them, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this now, but I would think that both of those roles are quite different from anything you've done in recent years. I mean, especially like, you know, the Black Hood and, and, and Riverdale. It's, yeah. it's a very dark art, and you, Laurie, I mean, Lolly is such a crazy, and I, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I mean, it's that she's this, like, ball of energy. Yeah. Um, do you find, I mean, is that challenging for you, the fact that you're kind of playing against type, if you could even say that? No, is it challenging or is no, it enjoyable? I've, I've done, honestly, I've done like a hundred plus episodics. So you, I mean, you're just not familiar with like 80 billion different weird fuckers I've played before. So, yeah. um, no, it's every, I'm sure he would agree with me, every, every, Every role is equally challenging, and every role is equally you give 100. And every every time you go in, you go they hit it over the fence. It doesn't even matter what it, what it what it is. Was that a leak of their own reference? I only hit it in the warning track in Red Wrigley Field. I never got it over the fence. I got it in the warning track. That's though. good. I take that. Sure. Well, they show, they throw me like meaty little 70 mile an hour pitches, just like right. I think also to that question is interesting because um, like Lori said what happens is that people take something that you've done that's been really popular and I know for me you know whether it had been Night at the Roxbury or or scary movie or white chicks you know a lot of the, sort of the bigger movies that people know me from are a little more sort of I think on the comedic variety but a lot of parts that I've done in between those bigger sort of comedic films um, you know, some have lent themselves to to having a lot of dimension, a lot sure. of layers. You know, and, and like you were saying with Hal with Hal Cooper and Riverdale, now sort of his story arc. Uh, you know, uh, with everyone finding out that he was the Black Hood. 
you know, that I, I, I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy comedy as well, don't yeah. get me wrong, but, you know, really, it's just, as an actor, you, you just, you love to play everything, I, you know, it's, it's just, you take characters and you try to create as much as you can and peel back as many layers as you can or as many layers as they allow you to, I mean, television sometimes can be a little more difficult because it's, it's just go, 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 and, you know, really I find sometimes is it in focus <laughs> yeah sometimes it's about getting your day you know actors were always like hey you know what, what about this and they're like well they look at their watch and they go yeah no let's just let's move let's just yeah. keep it let's yeah. keep it going yeah so you really got to sort of if you're going to create a character on tv you just got to really do do your prep and do it quickly and you know because uh, you don't get a lot of time on set to collaborate that I would presume though I mean like the fact that you're playing this character for so long I mean I guess that kind of gives you the ability to create it on the fly in the sense of it'll the character will reveal itself throughout the throughout the season or throughout however many seasons you get to do yeah um i'm not sure sort of how it works with laurie and their show our, our writers are just very to the chest i have no idea really yeah, i have, I have no, no idea episode to episode i had no idea i was schizophrenic until like Later, oh, <laughs> I just, I just, did you just turn up and just like play it as, and then they kind of wrote that in? Well, you know, I mean, yeah. I didn't know I was the black hood. Exactly. Really? I didn't no. know. I didn't know I was a black hood until you knew. Right. I mean, the only reason I knew earlier is because I read the script before right, it came course. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at a table read. Well, we were. We always do our table reads for the next episode, pretty much the final day of whatever. So we're, final day of episode twenty, we all sit around and we do a table read for twenty one. I'm flipping through and I'm like. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm that's how we find out. I'm the hood. I can't believe it. I had, no one calls us. I thought us. for sure it was Sheriff Keller. The I whole mean, season, I'm like, it's Keller. For I, mean, I, I would think, though, I mean, this is, this is just thinking about this, but I mean, I would think surely they would want you to know so that you can kind of tweak or tear well, the performance, like, especially you know, with this schizophrenic thing. They don't care about us. No, it's, it, <laughs> honestly, they had set up, they had already had planted someone to be the hood, and all of a sudden things changed. They all had a different idea and they went, no, let's not do that. And all of a sudden you saw Betty's character start to hone in on her dad around right after the musical yeah. episode, right? And even I thought, nah, this is too much. It's, I'm too much of a red herring now. I can, it just seems like it's too easy now. And uh, then boom, it was like, we're at 21 and here I am, uh, Hannibal Lecter now. So. <laughs> I mean, for Lottie though, I mean, that's crazy that you didn't know she was schizophrenic. I don't think they knew. I think they just wrote it one day. <laughs> and it just became a thing then. Yeah, like, yeah. For, for the, I mean, when they told you, okay, your character's in schizophrenic, I mean, did you do any prep or anything? Or was it like, oh, yeah. Like no, a, I, yeah, I read about things. and I was on House and I had Huntington's disease, which is this awful disease where you can't stop moving. And I went to USC and... Uh, and talked to this doctor and I saw these tapes of these poor people and like 75% of these people commit suicide because they never can stop moving yeah ever right no matter how much drugs they take they keep so and then you cannot cure it right yeah. so of course house cured me I was sure cured. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying I you know you do you do your research yeah 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 and uh it was funny when I came back to do season six you know I hadn't I didn't work in season five so I had like a whole year off and then I came back to do season six and it was a it was a fantasy scene and I was like oh, okay cool I checked it out cool and then I thought you know what let me just look on my phone let me go back to season four and let me look at myself in this I went well my goodness I need to amp this shit up about 500 <laughs> percent I thought I was crazy enough no 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 look what you did I was like oh crap Really, yeah? Yeah, yeah. She's, I get to go a thousand percent on that one. Can I ask, um, and this is a question I'll ask every actor, um, do you watch yourself back? I mean, obviously, Laura, you just kind of answered that. You would watch yourself back, yeah? I don't watch it on a day ever. I don't ever watch the monitor. I don't ever watch dailies, but I have to watch the show because the people are going to we'll ask, ask you about the show and you got to know. And I'm not one of those precious actors who are like, I can't, I won't ever watch my father. You know, that's bullshit. Um, they're lying. They go home and watch it by themselves alone in the bathroom, you know. But um, I watch, I watch everything. Of course I do. And I watch it. I don't, I'm not really watching me. I'm watching the movie. And you're just a part of it. Yeah. And I think it's great. I mean, I don't sit there and go, oh, God, I wish I would. I could. I should. Mm -hmm. 
No, I like that. I love watching stuff like that. I think it's great. How about you, Lawson? Well, I think, you know, like Laurie sort of touched on, it's not so much that you're watching yourself and going, holy shit, I'm good. <laughs> I think it's a matter of, you know, you're... You know, the first thing that draws you to most things, your hope is the story. So, um, you know, you read the script and you go, wow, what a great story. So, of course, you'd like to see that story. Um, I, I don't think I'm definitely one of those guys who goes, ah, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. But, you know, there's still that sort of like uh, when you, you know, for most people who don't aren't on film. But, you know, when you listen to a voice recording of your own voice, you know, most people oh, yeah. go, oh. Yeah, that's kind of how it is, really. Like honestly, like when I watch on the screen, I go, "Man, we started to look more like Brad Pitt." (laughs) (laughs) Put the camera Um, up a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's uh, so. There's always a bit of that. Um, I don't, you know, to tell you the truth, I can honestly say I've done a lot of episodic TV, like Laurie was saying. Uh, I don't catch everything that I do, right? You know, but you know, with Riverdale. yeah, so, you know, we have a broad fan, fan base, and um, I can honestly tell you I haven't seen every episode of the, sh- of the show, um, but I've, read, I've read them all, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching the show because I, I think my castmates are amazing, They're you know, so, I yeah, you know, sometimes I'm not around for every scene, yeah, so it's fun for me to watch right. and go, wow, man, that right. was really good work, you know. Right. The kids on our show are fantastic, you know. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to throw it out now to the room. Uh, I have mic. <laughs> you got uh, Olivia's got the mic, so if you want to grab a mic, try your hand up. Yes, of put your hand in the air. I was going to do that. You can throw it. Up. Sorry about that. And first up is Graham Day. Hello. Uh, hi guys. Oh, there you are. Hi. Hi. I was wondering, Lachlan, if you could talk in any way about uh, the Predator. That's coming in. Well, yeah, holy shit. Yeah, oh my so, God. okay, hold on. Don't, get, don't get so excited about it. Don't get so excited. Sorry. I, the movie's going to be cool, right? Obviously. So, I was shooting Riverdale in Vancouver at the time. And I, I don't know Shane Black real well, but I've met him on occasion. And so he asked me to come in, and I couldn't really do, not that there was anything in the movie bigger for me to do. I don't know. But I, I was shooting Riverdale at the time. I had I just had segments of days, and so I went in. He asked me to come in. I shot a couple days. I'm in. I think I thought I was at the beginning of the movie, and I just went and actually did ADR on it uh, about two days ago. I brought my son in with me, and we watched it. And so I guess the guys were telling me in the booth I'm actually somewhere around the 20 minute mark. I come in and do a couple things. So. Um, so I'm not like a star of Predator, so a lot of people keep coming up to me and I'm like, no, please don't go thinking that I'm taking out the Predator. Uh, but it, again, it was one of those moments where I was like, well, Shane Black is pretty cool and it's a Predator movie, which my 12-year-old son will think is really cool. So, of course, you know, you jump at it. And so I don't do a whole bunch in it, but I am excited to see it because, I mean, that was really uh, my, uh, my my manager and I were talking about it the other day because uh, it was one of those movies that it was kind of iconic for me as a, as a young guy. Like, I really enjoyed the Predator uh, series. Um, so that comes out, I believe, October. Is that right? Do you know? Yeah. yeah. October. Yeah. So um, I'm sure it's going to be really cool. And I, from what the um, the the sound men in in the booth told me when I went in, is that they did a bunch of reshoots because they wanted to just amp up a little more sort of. Uh, witty sort of snappy dialogue humor throughout the movie so it'll kind of have a little bit more of that in it I believe from what I heard so I think it'll be I think it'll be fun the movie uh, there's a long winded answer sorry uh, I thought I'd catch you off at the pass there who's next anyone next Andy McCarroll Hi, a uh, question for Laurie. Yes, sir. Um, I love the poker house oh, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chloe Moretz. Did you think that working with them, did you give them any kind of career advice? Because I noticed they're two women who essentially have never played the damsel in the stress role, which is something I think you've kind of steered away from yourself as well. What was it like working with them? And I have you any interest in directing again? Of course. Um, I have my second film ready and waiting. I just need about $3 million, mm-hmm. if anyone has it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to direct again. I'm, I'm actually taking a lot of meetings right now to uh, to try to start directing um, episodics and in the meantime before I can do my next film. Um, no, I didn't tell them what roles to pick. They're both very, very, very intelligent people. And Chloe was only like 11 and she was... Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she was so smart. So glad that was her. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take that or... 
You can it take it. It says unknown. Put him on speaker. Who is this? Who is this? To, to go on about that one real quick thing, who, who, who's the uh, who's the uh, famous English uh, rugby player that was in like Snatch and stuff? Uh, oh, Vinnie Jones. Yes, Vinnie Jones. So he's a football player. The reason I said that yeah. is because I have never ever had a phone go off uh, in, ever on set, mm -hmm. and uh, my daughter was sick one day. I was shooting in L.A. and. Uh, and I just had my phone on just to see how she was, and I was doing a scene with Benny Jones, oh, my phone went off. And honestly, it was my first day working with him, and oh man, he just kept doing the scene as my phone was ringing, and I, I was so grateful because he's kind of an intimidating cat. Oh yeah. And I just thought he was gonna go off on me like I was some day player from America. So anyhow, go, carry on. But that's why I said I'm so glad that was Did you guys see the movie Life with Eddie Murphy? I love that movie so much, oh, yeah. where they play prisoner. So in the very, you have to watch the whole movie because at the very, very end they show the, out, the outtakes. He's driving the car and it's, and it's in the 40s and he's driving the car and he's real serious and his phone goes off. Oh no. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. <laughs> and he stays in car and he's like, yeah, I'm the first one fucking to have one of these things. <laughs> That's good. He like wrecked his own take. So to answer your question, no, they're super smart women and uh, Chloe just blew my mind how smart she is. It was ridiculous. Of course, you know, as a director and as an actress and as a writer, I helped them on that. But as far as their career, well, no, I did, I did actually tell Jennifer a lot of stuff about, because she was just this gorgeous, you know, like 17-year-old, dropped a gorgeous, blonde, sexy woman. And so, yeah, I gave her a lot of advice about that. So I'd be like, I saw her one day under, and I'd given her a list of things to do during the day. And she says, I saw her under a tree talking to a grip. I walked over there, I said, excuse me, my love, what are you doing? And she said, uh, screwing up. And I'm like, no, you're not, you're not screwing up. You just make a better choice. What's a better choice? She goes, go in my room, take a nap, read a script, read a book, watch a movie, take a walk with a female PA. I go, yes, see all those things. <laughs> But, yeah, I hope he didn't say it in front of the grip. Of course I did. Oh, <laughs> She's seventeen. With, he walked away with the tail between his legs. She's seventeen. No, and it wasn't it wasn't nasty. It was just, you know, yeah. she was dropped she's beautiful. She's five nine. She's just she's a movie star. Yeah. And the camera just loves her, which means people just love her to death. And it just I that's why I cast her. As soon as I saw her tape, I just went, Psh, movie star, come here. Yeah. You got a life coming, you know. It's yeah. like it was like that. Cool. Thank you. All right, next question. Oh, everyone's very shy. Oh, here we go. We go on. Oh, Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's a Doctor Who site, so. Um, yeah. No. Since uh, just since Lachlan mentioned that you both worked with Rachel Talawi, I I just wanted to ask about that since I, she's kind of an unusual director and that people go out of their way to mention her and say how great that they found her and for instance like the showrunner on Doctor Who said the only reason they had any other directors in the past three seasons of Doctor Who was because he hadn't figured out how to clone her yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I kind of want to see well, what is it do you think that what special quality is it do you think that she brings to her role as a director that all of the actors that ever seem to work with her just seem to adore her? Well um I guess, you know, unfortunately I, I didn't get a chance to do a film with her, which would have made it a little more personal. Again, we're in TV, so, you know, you have to get your days. But I just, what I loved about her is just very, she walked on set, knows exactly what she wants, knows exactly mm -hmm. what she needs to shoot, very communicative. And um, if, uh, you know, it's harder for an episodic director to come in and tell someone, oh, you're playing your character wrong and after you've played him for right. a year and a half, that's a, that's a fine step. But I think that a, someone with a really good eye can just keep you on the path, you know? Like, mm -hmm. that's what directing is for me. A director shouldn't have to come and over-direct you. I mean, Lori's been an actress since she was a fetus. She knows what she's doing, right? So, but 
if she if someone sees you you just wander off the path a little bit, mm -hmm. then they just bring you back onto the path, and mm -hmm. that, that's what a good director is. And they don't have to do that a whole bunch because they've already hired you to do your job. Um, so I find that's what I love about uh, really good directors that don't they don't have to say a whole bunch. They keep you on the path, and but they're the commander of the ship. There's never a standing in the middle of a living room going, hmm. What, um, uh, right. Maybe we should. Uh, as soon as the director does that for me, I'm like, ah, they kind of know what he's doing. Like, you know, I well, just don't like do that. Their homework. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Be right. prepared and come in and right. say, okay, this is what this is my pitch for the next scene. You know, they don't doesn't they don't have to say this is all we're doing because actors have their own nuances, right? So, but I love a director who says, hey, Lachlan, this is my pitch for this scene. What do you, what do you say that you're there and uh, Alice is here and Betty's here and then you try it, and then you tweak it, and, boom, and then you then you walk away. They set up the shot and then. Here you go. To me, that's what I love about really good directors, and that's to me what I felt Rachel was. I don't probably know her as well as Lori does, but I would work with her again in a in a heartbeat for sure. She was on Trent Girl. She was ex extraordinarily committed and passionate, and had a vision. And she was, you know, she showed up and knew exactly what we were doing. With the, you know, and we had all the special effects and the flying kangaroos and the things and hanging upside down and getting frozen and the thing and you know, so she really knew what she wanted, and that's what I think. Um, I think people who come to work knowing exactly what they do want. I mean, they're open to you and open to me. I mean, I improved a lot in that film, but like you said, on that path you can improv, but you got to stay on that. Yeah, yeah you got to stay on that path. Um, she, uh, I just gave her an award. I didn't give her, I mean, I presented an award to her um, recently, and I was so impressed with all of the, the shoot, what do they call it? that horror genre of filmmakers were all there and how much they appreciate her and her talent and you know and it's really a boys club you know and so it's really cool that she's getting her props now and it's been 20 years you know since yeah. <laughs> Tank Girl but yeah she was a bomb she extremely passionate extremely into into it yeah I loved it did she influence you as a director yourself no I'm more I'm I don't like, I know you all get in trouble right now, I don't like horror and scary monsters and blood and cut off heads, I, I really don't at all. You know, I just think the human condition is as, as crazy as we need to get, you know, like, you laugh, you cry, you laugh, you cry, you fall in love, you know, you have a baby, the baby gets run over by a bus, you know, I mean, that's bad enough, you know? Jesus. <laughs> like, come on, yeah, you don't yeah. need horror, it's oh, human no, yeah. being, life. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that well-versed in that stuff. Actually, I'll just hijack this just for a really quick, just really quickly. <laughs> um, the two of you, if I can ask, do you have a preferred genre of episodic television or film that you enjoy working on? And I'm talking like, you know, period drama, horror, sci-fi, anything. Or is it just a case of whatever the character? I think everything is funny. So that's kind of... That's kind of good and bad because I'll read a script and go, "That shit's funny." They're like, "It's not a comedy board." <laughs> so um, I, I have to say I like comedy, but I just shot a short film. Uh, Jackie Cruz, who's on Orange, she produced it and stars in it, and I star in it. Where I watch my children get beheaded and scream and cry over their bodies in 1850, you know, so, yeah. I mean, we do whatever they ask us to do. Sure. Um, but, like I said, I think everything's funny. I like comedy. Yeah. Well, again, you know, you know, you could have a comedic script that you love the story, and you could have a dramatic script you love the story. I mean, I think mostly, mostly you get attracted to sort of when you read the script and, and you're attracted to the message and or the story but yeah absolutely as, a, as an actor I'm just I, I enjoy just being an actor. actor yeah you know I enjoy people saying hey do you think you could bring this to life and it's like yeah I think so there's a challenge you know yeah. um, uh, but uh, genre I uh, you know I mean I, I'm a fan of all all films I, I probably like Laurie I don't I never like when I did Freddy vs. Jason they kept getting mad at me on set because I couldn't pronounce Jason Voorhees' name because <laughs> I've never really watched that stuff honestly I never really was big into the horror stuff when I was a kid really 
Uh, so I kept calling him Jason Voorhees, and they go, cut. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's, that's it. That's and I go, it's Jason Voorhees. And I go, Voorhees, Voorhees. What? And it, but they were very particular. But, um, so that's that, that kind of Canadian twang as well, like, you know, Voorhees. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. <laughs> Andy McCarroll, back at it again. Just Kill it. Uh, acting school there, and you spoke of trying to make yourself available to young actors. I was wondering when you were a young actor yourself, going on the set of something like Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood yeah. and Gene Hackman, what was that like for you, and what did you take from that that you tried to pass on? Uh, wow. That, okay, so I think I was about 26 when I did that movie, and um, I made it uh, a big effort to never leave set of that film. Yeah. I sat, I watched some of the best scenes in the movie, I watched Hackman do his thing, I, I watched Morgan Freeman do his thing, and I witnessed Clint Eastwood sort of navigate uh, that film in sort of the most soft-spoken, quiet manner, because when I first met him, I expected to, I expected to see Dirty Harry. That's what I thought I was going to be. And I, I was like, every time I talked to him, I had to lean in because he, he talked like that. He was very quiet. Even when he, even when he, even when he stood beside the camera, he didn't say action. He said, "Go, <laughs> go." You know. And I, so really interesting for me. Um, you know, and every once in a while I do have to stop and remember like how intra how amazing it is, even though I wasn't a huge part of the film, but you know, to think that I'm in a, a film that has won an Oscar and that was probably the best Western ever shot is still pretty amazing. Yeah. And I you know, I shot that movie in nineteen ninety one, so that was a long time ago. But I definitely used it as a filmmaking class and an acting class and I learned a lot from from uh from Gene Hack. I mean I've said before that scene where you're like cry, you're crying under the tree and slugging on the. Well, wind. that wasn't me though. That was a, a kid named James. Uh, I love that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, no, you know, I'm just saying that scene. Oh yeah, no. Well, what what was nice about you're right. What was nice about that movie is that Gene uh, is that Hackman or um, I knew it wasn't you. I I, oh, I just genuinely know oh, it wasn't okay. you. So 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 Clint took took what he felt was you know most western spaghetti westerns you know they have gun shoot fight outs and and there's never a sort of a remorse for it you know that these men are human and that's what he brought to this film is that even though you know the the, the bigger scene that I was in, if you remember, where they killed the, the yeah, and you're, they shot water, Davy Boy off the horse, and and I was the one that you know was talking up to them, and you know it was funny in that scene, you know Eastwood isn't very good with that gun, so uh, um, and so then Morgan Freeman was getting sick because he didn't want to kill, and then the young hotshot couldn't see, so he kept asking what was yeah. going on. So even the, that whole dynamic of that scene was really sort of had what what really showed all the. Uh, sort of the intricacies of that time and how it probably was. So, um, but uh, yeah, but to really like, I've always wanted to be Gene Hackman. I was never, I never really wanted to be Tom Cruise, and, you know. And I think he's a wonderful actor. But I've always been more gravitated towards uh, Jeff Bridges and Gene Hackman and those type of actors. And those are the sort of the careers I'd love to have. Um, so for me personally, to be on set with him was a, an amazing experience. I'm going to actually just throw that question to Laurie. Laurie, was there any particular actor or actress that you worked with that you were just, okay, I'm taking it all in, I'm going to watch every scene? Well, the same thing that happened to him happened to me, really, was my very first film was with Robin Williams, and long story short, I was the cover set on the first day, and I'm partying with all the guys in Goodfellas at the Mayflower Hotel in New York, which was like this divey place. Yeah. And it was all of them and me, and I go, you guys, I'm like talking to De Niro and Leota and Pesci, and you know, I'm like, what does this mean here with this cover set? And they go, oh, Lori, don't worry, it's if it rains, it's not going to rain. Right. So 4.30 in the morning, sky opens up. So I'm up all night because we've been hanging out, you know, goofing around all night. So I have to go to work. And, you know, but when you're like 20, you know, you could do that in your sleep. So I get there and it was just me and Robin and the director. And... Robin was so, and I was so thrilled to yeah. be on the show. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't scared. I was just like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I get to hold his coattails and just ride that shit, you know? <laughs> well, he, off camera, gave more than most people do give on camera. Like, there was a scene where I was crying in the scene, and he's not. He's like, oh, you're a good girl. Don't worry about it, you know? And, but when it was my close-up, He's off camera with his head face this close to the lens, sobbing like a baby. 
just to love me, just to love this kid he never knows if he'll ever see again, right? If she'll ever make another movie. So I took that lesson and you always give those babies 100 million percent because you want to set a good example for them and you want them to give the best performance that they can give and show them love and show them how to behave on a set. And you say yes sir, and you say yes ma'am, and you say please, and you say thank you, you know? Professionalism. Yeah, of course, super professional. Yeah. And that's how we can, that's how you can do it. You, we can't do it, you know, if there, you, you know, if there's one guy obviously uh, thank you to Dublin City Comic Con for providing us those tickets so Bryn before we let you go is there anything that you'd like to plug before we uh, wrap it up this week um, no I'm not going to I can't think of anything specifically to plug I'm just going to plug um, a friends of ours over oh, for industry.com for, uh, for, ge- for every geek of every nature if you like films they have a bunch of fil- they have a bunch of film ones including uh, one called matinee one where it's talk about new releases geeks on film and then occasionally you will get the pleasure of it being myself and my good friend in polonius punk kc doing shit film sundays too shit harder um, and then uh, they also have like wrestling podcasts uh, npr Pro- uh, and mega paris radio and they have a few other ones, but I can't think of what they're called right now. But yeah, there's they do loads. Check out geeksindustry.com. They will they'll get you sorted for some kind of a podcast at the very least. Fair enough. Guys, my plug is, of course, going to be my Twitter at RWV. Uh, WVI Desk is our website, which I need to update again. And of course, we are live every single Tuesday at 8 p.m. and every single Saturday at 5 p.m. for near to no basis. So until next week. I've been Daryl Connor. He's been Ben O'Rourke. Talk to you then.